0: Understand why Buck doesn't want to stay and listen to me talk about this movie. Like, I'm going to take that personally. <laughs> you know what? You're supposed you supposed really to be should. my dyad, Buck. Like, where are you? Yep. Oh, my God. Al.
1: I know I said saw that. I watched this movie
2: for y'all, and that should tell you how much I adore you, because okay, well, I hope you liked it. I hope the dot, I, dot, dot is, I, don't, I loved it. I,
0: Brian, I don't I am in awe of this mm-hmm. incredible piece of art. I'm like, it I get was really it. It
1: really good. yeah. And I hope that yeah. you
0: feel closer to me because I've now seen your favorite movie. And <laughs> and I you like it.
1: it, thank God. And yeah. I
0: wonder where it's been all my life. Like, I don't
2: know. Well, it's been sitting there waiting for you since 1980. No.
0: <laughs> no,
1: well,
2: um, oh god, I really hope I'm getting this right, we're not going to put this in the podcast version in case it's oh, wrong, we'll okay. only live okay, here okay. live. This
1: is how um, we fact-checked ourselves, we just cut it out if we're not sure. Right.
2: <laughs> Hello there, and welcome to Pink Milk, where we serve Star Wars queerly. I am your host, Brian, and you... My friends are about to listen to some clips from our latest live stream, Let's Kiki, and this week we kikied about something not Star Wars. So first, thank you for listening anyways, and allowing Pink Milk to sometimes talk outside of Star Wars, but we kiki about one of my favorite films of all time, the original Blade Runner, Harrison Ford's second best character
1: favorite
2: character of his Deckard and this great movie and uh per usual here on Pink Milk we watched Blade Runner through our queer lenses and did a whole lot of queer coding on this very very queer show that some may say is straight passing as someone did in the steam room that night and it was perfect it was perfect anyway i am super proud of this conversation that we had it was fantastic possibly one of our best we've ever done on the show so i look forward to hearing what y'all have to say in uh emails or twitter conversation or there on patreon or wherever you may want to uh shoot us some notes so thank you thank you thank you but before we get into the episode we need to say thank you to you know who That's right. Thank you, Manscaped, for sponsoring this episode. And as I was watching this, I'm here, like, really, really, really here for Pris, because she's amazing. But, you know, judging by the hair on top of her head, I'm thinking Pris may have needed a little bit of help from our friends over at Manscaped. She might need the lawnmower 4.0. You know, she could have taken it in the shower with her. It's got a little light, it's got the whole thing. Um, there's some grooming kits with the beard hedger, some beard conditioner, and a little bit of oil. And maybe that could have helped tame her hair too. I don't know if Manscaped would totally sponsor using their beard oil on top of the head, but in Chris's case, it may have been necessary. Anyhow, if you have hair growing out of control and you want some help maintaining that, head on over to manscaped.com. Use our code. Pink Balls, which I promise you, no tea, no shade to anyone else that might be sponsored by Manscaped because, you know, they, they do like to get out there on the interwebs. I've heard they're they're kind of like that. Uh, I don't think anyone else has as great of a code as Pink Balls. So use our code Pink Balls for 20% off your order and free shipping here in the U.S. of A. Without further ado, loads put on our rollerblades and skate slash run right into this great conversation about a fantastic movie are you ready because i'm ready let's get into this thing and drink up this is the way So I'm very, very excited to um, hear what the two of you have to say. But to, like, lead in, we're just going to talk about Blade Runner. And if you haven't seen it, it's basically Earth is just about dead because we've killed it. Sounds familiar. And people have started creating uh, robots to do our manual labor. And we are all trying to live on Mars, which there's one line, I think, in this movie talking about the next train to Mars or something. But anyways, Mars mm-hmm. plays a very big role in the book. Um And uh animals are dead, and lots of things are
1: robots. I have a question about the book because one of the Mm -hmm. things that I found so compelling was like the replicants saying kind of this repeated idea of like the replicants have seen a lot of gnarly shit go down Mm -hmm. on like these like other planets and all these like missions Mm -hmm. they were they were sent to go do. Do you get a sense of what those things are that they have seen? Okay. Yes. Because that is something I kind of want a little bit more context with that in the movie.
2: Yeah. Um yeah um so robots in this world are called replicants they look like human you really can't tell so there's these police officers called blade runners that go out and kill replicants that do naughty things and there's this new model called nexus 6 that um are super strong super human-like but they only have a lifespan of uh four years Mm
0: -hmm. four years right
2: Four Mm -hmm. years, so we meet four replicants that escape from Mars, smuggle themselves onto Earth to try to talk to the man that created them to figure out why they only have four years and see if we can do something about it. And uh, we find Deckard. We meet Deckard. Harrison Ford. Probably, honestly, my favorite role of his. My favorite like Harrison Ford character. I know, no shade, no shade han solo but i love deckard um but this movie is my kind of story if you know me it asks more questions than it gives you answers and it is one of those films you can watch at various parts of your life and find uh many different contexts in which to put it on and as i got older i cannot help but watch this film as all the replicants are queer people being mistreated by their dying planet and the government in last attempts of holding on to humanity. And um, anyways, that's how I kind of watched this movie. Emma, what'd you think? What'd you think of it?
0: This movie, I, it blew my mind. Like Mm. I cried so much at the end and every time I think about it and I think about the themes that it brings up, it, I, I feel so soft and just it's, it's such an incredible meditation on like humanity, transcendence creation, you know, the soul, like, I can't like, it's, there's just so much there and Mm -hmm. not only like, I truly believe that this is one of the greatest cinematic masterpieces because not only does the story and the dialogue convey all of these, like, and they raise all of these really important philosophical questions, but the visuals are so distinctive, so creative like it's just so imaginative and I, I feel like it's like a, a pinnacle of artistic achievement.
2: Yep. And this movie came out in 1982
0: mm-hmm.
2: holds up very well because it's just, the world is just alien enough that even maybe some, it's almost like star Wars where it's if you similar. Look at star yes. Wars with literally just an American uh, global lens of, of, our culture some of their haircuts look very 70s and you can pick some of that stuff out but when you pull it all out like it's great and i think i think the costuming the makeup the hair is so indicative of that world that it feels timeless even if some of it feels very 80s in a way like Mm -hmm. looking looking at you press my queen i love you press
1: chase what about you Pris felt like a character from Cats the musical, which I know you will not get that reference, but I just need to say that for me. Um, she, she's a so I need to watch Cats. You need to watch Cats. It's literally like a million little Prissas running around on the stage doing backflips and wearing cat suits. Um, I will say yes. <laughs> I, I will say this movie for me. So i agree with emma i love that and i love that you said like meditation because it was a surprise it was like very a very humbling movie to watch i felt like it was a very um like you said meditative but very atmospheric movie where i was just kind of like swept up in this and like i I was gonna watch it i have to be honest with y'all i was gonna watch it like in the middle of the day when i was like doing errand stuff but i was like no i feel like i just movie i have to like watch in the dark and like give mm. it its respect like i don't want to like mess it up and i watched it like in my bed like very late at night last night for me i was like tired but it kept me awake because it was just very interesting like there's so much intrigue yes. in it the music yes. is incredible um all right just... evangelists God, the okay. music was amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've, I've been listening to music all day today. Um, I think that it was interesting, too, kind of like, I knew we were going to talk about it tonight. I watched it for tonight. I didn't necessarily feel like it was queer right off the bat. But the more, the deeper I got into the movie and the more I was kind of just like was thinking about it, then I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. it like really does actually feel very, very queer. Um, and in a mm. very unapologetic and aggressive way, which I find to be really refreshing mm. when it comes yep. to like queer analysis. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a very gritty representation of queerness for me where it's just, yeah.
2: The The story never says whether he's a replicant or not so Mm -hmm. we get at the very end of the movie um gash is his name i think right makes the little uh origami unicorn and places it in front of Deckard's door that's like our is he is he not um and honestly i there are like four different cuts and i don't remember which ending goes to which cut i can't remember which cut has the horse running through the thing so i am not um that's
0: the original cut has the unicorn that was footage from legend
2: oh seriously
0: Yes, it was reused footage oh. from legend. Yes. Oh, that's kind of cool.
2: Um, but uh, Harrison Ford played him as a human. Yep. And uh, what's his name? The director, Wrigley, uh Ridley Scott Ridley Scott. Directed him as if he and and came up with the movie thinking he was a replicant. So there's even that duality like, oh, in the yeah. artistry, which I think i think was one of those amazing things that you can't plan for when creating art and there's Mm -hmm. that contradiction like literally in its dna now that only leads to the is he or is he not um but when he's when okay so let's let's just queer code some of this let's get into the let's start with when deckard meets rachel and he has to do the uh the test on her Mm -hmm. and She even throws the line out there. Are you asking if I'm a replicant or if I'm a lesbian, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is funny and it's great. It's a good line. Um, (laughs) But this whole idea of of her not knowing spoilers again, spoilers. So I hope you've seen this. she's a replicant she has no idea at this moment in time and to me that is like a gay person like talking all this queerness and you don't know if you are or not and i think so many of us have been there and regardless there's someone right on the other side i feel like all of us when we're coming out like give ourselves these our own little tests Mm -hmm. of are we are we not and um then like like rachel if we come to terms with that we're gay um, we then have to start really thinking about what it means to be human, because I think our entire what it means to, and not human, like we're human being. Well, some people don't think we're human beings, <laughs> but like it just being queer, like recontextualizes your entire thought on how on your expectations of how the world works. And it just, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that that it takes a very open minded, straight person to i think really embrace that idea which doesn't happen a lot um and i like the line too that rachel asked deckard if he's ever retired a human making a mistake and those lines are really blurred in that line for Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. um did that scene, I mean, I, I shouldn't say, did it mean much to you? Because I think it's a pretty pivotal <laughs> scene, the entire thing. Yes, um, yes. But like that whole, that, it's shot so beautifully. Like there's so much smoke <clears throat> in this movie. It's got that very cyberpunk, but it's yeah. feel like this film mm-hmm. literally defined cyberpunk on so many levels, like yep. of, of what we think of cyberpunk today, um, which is great. Um, Chase, what did you think of, of that scene?
1: Well, I definitely agree with sort of the queerness that Rachel, like the queer journey that I relate to with Rachel, and like one of the first things I I noted about like looking for queerness in the movie was sort of this um this this like self-definition that Rachel goes through because she has to really think about herself in the context of society in a very different way. So yeah. like when I came out, it's like I had to really I mean, I mean, everyone comes out, arguably, I just want to speak from a place of personal experience is like when I came out, I really had to like be like, once I embraced and understood my queerness on some level, I was like, okay, so like, what does that mean? Because, you know, I have 18 years of lived experience where society told me that being gay was all these things. And then I have a current experience of what society tells me what being, being gay is right now. And it's like, what is that? And so there's a lot of self-defining and different like iterations of like my queerness as i and i mean as always like i don't think i'll ever come to a place of like complete resolve with it in a good way um but so i i really felt like that self-definition with rachel was a very queer thing um with the world trying to define her and then you really see that when she like plays the piano and like takes her hair down oh my god that was incredible she (laughs) was like i'm I am like it's again it's like that self-defining moment for her where she gets to decide so loved it loved it
2: yeah that really was a powerful this is like um you know Al mentions it in here like the costuming everything um is so important and yeah the the really high tight Fun thing which one just looks amazing anyways it looks so very good sexy. that silhouette yeah. is so good yep. with the
1: dress and the hair oh yes. yep
2: yep but when she lets it down and unravels herself it very much is a very live very visual representation of the mind undoing itself mm-hmm. you know and letting yeah. itself out of its constraints which is just so incredibly beautiful like it's so amazing emma what about you what'd you think of
0: It's so spooky because I had so many of the same thoughts as Jade. Yay!
1: (laughs) I love how Emma and I both of us watched it last night with our minds being (laughs) blown. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, but also, like, (laughs) what's happening? Oh, are we talking about the shade that's being thrown on Tony's? Oh, I love a straight (laughs) passing film.
2: I love a straight passing film.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, um i mean sean young's beauty is so photogenic like those like sort of close-up shots of her face and then she goes into profile i was like
1: god yes (sighs) yep
0: and i i also kind of love how this movie has so much to say about man's place or humanity's place in creation Yes, you know, and yes. sort of upending the the hierarchy of you know like God, humanity, nature, and you know sort of like a like, and it's almost like I mean, there's references to you know Frankenstein and everything, and the idea of like a creation, you know, becoming independent of its of a human of a human master. Yeah. Um. And so I, I don't know. I I just kept thinking about. I kept thinking about the name Rachel and like why the name Rachel was chosen for this character. And like, you know, obviously like most of the time, these are references to the Bible and like the story of Rachel in the Bible is like, she was the second wife. Hmm. And so it's kind of like, she comes next. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like as a replicant, yeah. it's like, yeah. she's the second creation. You know, totally. hum- humanity well, comes first and then she comes second, right? Well, also
2: in the book, Deckard is married, right? And he has a wife. Oh, who we don't oh, know about well, in the movie.
0: Go.
2: Yeah. Who? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And a goat.
0: <laughs> oh, a goat nice. <laughs> Like or the like we something. get a
2: couple of lines in this with the snake and then people and then Deckard asks if the yeah, like owl animals is are real. Gone. Does it re- does it matter? They play such an important role in the book. Like they mm. are so incredibly important. There's so much tied to that and the well, like, status that having animals brings yes because
0: yeah because like in this world animals don't don't like nor natural animals don't exist like they're extinct Mm -hmm. because of what we've done to the planet so it's like once again it's like humans inserting themselves in the act of creation
1: yeah yeah you know
0: it's like animals don't exist like independently from humans like in parallel to them as creations from god they exist only as a result of human activity and human intervention
1: mm-hmm. i also love oh, like that god. the 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 scrambled eggs of of all of the god god and on and human stuff because it's like mm-hmm. god god gods created the humans humans created these like replicants but then the replicants are now gods because they're like honestly more powerful than regular humans you know what i mean so it's just that that scramble is so fun that you're talking about I agree. something that came to me actually on this
2: rewatch to circle back to that question earlier with everything going on with Mr. Elon Musk right now i felt <laughs> very uh elon energy out of tyrell who is just so like like, look, Elon Musk is a very smart dude. Like, he's a very successful person. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: is he though? I mean, no. I like that. ass. like the way he got his
1: money is a whole debate. And just okay, because well, has money doesn't mean he's smart. I'm just, I'm no, not saying okay. that's what you're saying. I just have to, yeah. I have to really dismantle that idea any chance I have. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I hate um, that.
2: Okay. Um, okay, well, there's no doubt that he's successful, regardless how he got his money. He's been able to whatever. Okay, right. whatever. Anyways, Maintain I got it. very like crazy energy out of this guy who. Like at moments, I think thinks he really like cares about Rachel and maybe Mm -hmm. he really does. But he's so completely outside of humanity Mm -hmm. that like he doesn't even comprehend that what he's done to her. If that makes sense. And the way he speaks to everybody. Like I just like I get that from Elon. I really yeah, do
1: like i it's it, also just sort of like it to me it's like a class thing too where it's like if you have if i'm sorry if be, i'm sorry beyonce but like if you're like a trillion bajillion gajillionaire you don't understand what it is you don't know you don't you just don't know what it's like to be a mm-mm. person in a society you live outside of the society yeah. like yeah so exactly. it's, I, I agree with what you're saying so it's like he might have an intellectual thought of his love for rachel but he Cannot experience like what love is in terms of like a regular person, someone who lives like love within the confines of society.
0: And how Mm -hmm. ironic that this human being creates these living beings that are able to imbue themselves with more humanity just by living in the world that he can retain. Right.
1: Yep. 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 And on top of that, experience some form of like oppression which by the way like does breed a little bit more of like i would say intellect and attitude and personality and lived experience than someone who lives up in his castle and is just making things
0: yes
2: well i mean the replicants are slaves on mars like replicants are treated differently in in on different planets and in different places um and again like i i don't know if we really get a ton of that in this film. Mm. Like, I the movie is far superior to the novel, in my opinion. But I I think like if I didn't love this movie, I don't think I would like the novel. But because I love the movie, I love the novel because it adds Yeah that's things like me that with aren't there. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the um, the books just add so much, yeah. And then we're like, ooh, and even when we first meet Roy Batty, like you're like, oh, he's definitely a batty but then you're like, is he though? No, daddy, he seems, he to, just, have right, he he seems to have the right. He seems to have the right to be pretty pissed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I I, love that we were introduced that way because I really think it gave us moments to be flipped on our head, like halfway through the story. And then the rest of it, because they're still not great. They're still not great. <laughs> and you're like, mm. Um, but did Emma, did you connect to a replicant?
0: I loved Pris because she was just a badass, and her aesthetic was on point.
2: <laughs>
0: also, I love Daryl Hannah. Like, I'm always here for a Daryl Hannah moment.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's see if I can find this old sketch. Um, what was it about Pris?
0: I just she I. I don't know, maybe it's the fact that like, because I love to dance so much and she's such a, mm. like a gymnast, Yeah, you know? like mm-hmm. yeah. the way she used movement was great. And yeah, like, you know, she and she was sneaky, yes. <laughs> which I always admire.
2: So I can't watch this part because I get scared every time because I always think she's going to move now. She's going to move.
0: <laughs> oh, that so, that was like so good. Yeah, that was good it's tension. Creepy. So and it good. goes on for a long,
2: a long time. Long time. <laughs> Yep. Um, Chase, how about
1: you? Um, I mean Rachel, but we already talked about Rachel. She's like my girl. Like she's like the one I identify okay. with the most. But then I guess like out of like the cause Rachel's not Nexus six, right? She's not no, part she's of that. Squad. Like some she's next level. Something new. Else. Le- she's, yeah, Nexus 7. She's, she's iPhone mm-hmm. X. Um, I will I think that I mean, out of that Nexus six, I'd say Roy. That's the blondie. That's the blondie baddie, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I related yeah. to Roy like just like yeah, and just like sort of like a really deeply feeling um replicant. Like very deeply feeling. And I think that's part of the reason why he's looked at as a leader amongst mm-hmm. like nexus is because he just he he's a thinker, he's a feeler and he acts on it. And I think I just really respect that about him and I just loved him. And I loved how he was yep. like willing to put his whole pussy into it just to get answers, just to get revenge, just to get whatever he needed. Like it was like yep. such a primal primal urge and need. It was incredible. Well, in the
0: the climax of the film, like he just delivers the whole thesis of the movie. Like he, he he carries it on his back. And like, he was if that scene wasn't there, like if the story was different, or if Rucker Howard hadn't pulled off that performance, like, yeah,
1: that performance is the
0: the message of the movie would have been lost. Like that Mm -hmm. is the final that like ties everything together Mm -hmm. yeah
2: yep yeah that this is he is a character in particular that is so much better in the film Mm. because he's pretty much straight up pretty horrible Mm. in the book
0: (laughs) oh Um, interesting
2: yeah he's unattractive and like no
1: no does he just come Um, across in the book as like evil for evil's sake type of thing just no i
2: mean no no but i don't know if there's the same level of nuance like he feels Mm. really wronged and that's almost it and Mm. almost wants revenge and for me i don't feel that a hundred percent from roy batty in this like he feels wronged he's angry but he he wants to know why yeah
0: well yeah and i mean broken
2: in a way that like like the brokenness outshines and the fear outshines the anger and the 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 clinging on to a life that he knows he can't have outshines the anger
0: I mean, like, all of that is facets of the fact that he has developed, like, he has grown into humanity. Like, yep. he lives the human condition. Yeah. You know, he, he, he is, he has the same kind of, like, just as humans have this sense of self preservation and we have this sense of, sadness at the thought of our own mortality, like he experiences that. And, you know, and like you said, chase, you know, he wants to know why, like the search for meaning, Yeah. like what can be more human than that? You know, wanting to, longing Mm, to find meaning and, and, and having this yearning, this unstoppable yearning to have Mm -hmm. your life mean something or to mean something to another consciousness, like another person, Mm -hmm. you know, like, he He is the full culmination of the idea that these creatures are synthetic, artificial. And yet, through the act of living and the act of being alive, you can grow into humanity, yeah and experience yep. like those those feelings that like we all have as part of the universal human experience,
2: yeah, yep.
1: absolutely.
2: You know, I want to. Uh, somebody starred Pink's thing here, but I want to bring this back up just to circle back to a second to the slow mo part uh, in the 25 windows that fell through. <zero, zero. laughs> but the choppy slow mo is easily the most immersion breaking thing. You know what? Yes and no for me. <laughs> like, yes, it feels very, that feels very 80s to me. Like, that whole, mm. like, it's a very bad stunt double. It's very clearly a wig. Like and not even, like it's worse than Bo Katan's wig of season two of The Mandalorian. <laughs> like it is so bad. <laughs> but I think that slow-mo is Deckard's emotions to realizing what just happened. Mm. And I think it's him breaking his own the the you know, the the that that, that what's the saying? those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones situation. Mm-hmm. And I think it was his moment of breaking through something that mm-hmm. I don't think he knew was there because Deckard is very shut off. Yep. Yeah. Like, like he is retired too many replicants. You know, I don't even know if he knew about Nexus six at the beginning of this. And he was just kind of learning about them. Yeah. But like, I think he was just so shut off from society that he just tuned it all out, you know? Mm-hmm. And it like, And that's what's so interesting is like when we're inside uh, the Tyrell Corporation, all the space, it's very big. It's opulent, but it's Mm -hmm. very sparse and everywhere outside is so crowded because again, you don't get this in the movie, but most of the world is inhabitable. So like everyone, there's this dust that came through and killed a bunch of people, blah, 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 but like, so people are pushed together right Mm. and taking over older places but they're all just buried on top of each other because the actual places you can live or you know there's just not enough space to hold people and that talk about like i mean that just speaks to how rich they are like we can have so much space and not even have anything here meanwhile all of you out there are are living like that um yeah
1: but and it also speaks to the like like they're Non humanness. I mean, it's just like, Mm -hmm. it's like they don't even know again, they don't even know how to live. They don't even know how to like function or decorate a space. You know what I mean? They don't have that lived experience or like heart or humanness that is required to like nest into a space. Mm -hmm. Yep. 100%. 100%. I mean, I think for me, I too
2: am 1000% a Pris Stan. I love (laughs) Pris. Um, I mean, one, I mean, the name alone, hello. (laughs) Perfect. Um, But there's something she is so broken. Yeah, Yeah, she really like she's really, really broken. And that speaks to me so much as and maybe it's because I did find this. I didn't find this movie, but I really like found this movie when I was in my mid twenties. And I think I was broken. Like I think I, which I've talked about on this before. I think Mm -hmm. I pushed aside the effects of what it meant to be queer for me because I needed to prove to everybody that it wasn't going to have an effect on me for so long Mm
0: -hmm. that I
2: kind of ran out of that juice. And then I was just, I really was broken. Like I really hit a moment where I was just broken and was like, it's when all. It's when everything hit for me. I was in a toxic relationship. I was getting a little bit older. I was in a career that I didn't understand how I got myself there. I was getting... I had... My straight friends were all starting to have kids. And, like, I couldn't do those things. And it was everything. It was the moment that, like, now that I have everything I've ever dreamed of, that was when I really realized that I was never going to have that dream. And it really broke me. And I think that's mm-hmm. what happened to Pris. Mm. And... I think she's in a very toxic relationship with Roy because she doesn't see his, his hopefulness his longing for something more. I think she just latches on to his anger and I'm totally reading into this, but I can see him putting his anger in her. Like I can see him like, like, Oh, I don't want to, but he will manipulate her and eggs her on. So he can get that aggression out in himself. Um, So I really think their dynamic is really, really interesting. And I wish she had gotten to know, um, what's his name? JF, the, the robot maker guy Mm -hmm. who I think, honestly, I think, I think there was a real fondness from her in him.
1: Oh, I feel like if, if she had met him like a decade earlier, they would have like ended up settling down together. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Yep.
2: I agree um all right max is asking about bo wig so i'm just gonna go ahead and put in the <laughs> chat here um our nsfw clip because again it's one of my favorite pink milk moments ever hello mm-hmm. Alyssa. um yeah um i think and then i uh, around that time i think i was still grappling with the AIDS epidemic, which we've also talked about, which is also how I watch the Bad Batch. All of this really is just very Bad Batchy to me now that I'm again, okay, Chase. Well, like, here we go. I'm starting to think about things in ways I didn't, but like like I at 25, okay, the AIDS epidemic wasn't what it was by the time, by the early 2000s, you know, like Mm -hmm. mid, Yeah. but society still treated you like it was like, I mean, I think yeah. I've shared the story that I got a little something, something, something in college like many of us do and uh, went to the campus doctor and he wouldn't give me any meds for it and told me it was my fault and that That's us, us F slurs just sleep around. This is kind of what we deserve. I'm like, oh, my God, you are on like a college campus, which is like for the most <laughs> pretty part, liberal pretty place liberal places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, Ooh. um and there wasn't a lot you could do back then because yeah. you know um most people agreed with that person they might not have said it out loud but they're certainly not gonna write the man up you know they're not yeah. gonna do those things um yeah. yeah it was and and I shared the story you know of coming out to myself at 16 and that was 19 you know that was the mid 90s and again we were still dealing with a lot of of the AIDS crisis then and the uh, and the idea of having a shortened life expectancy really speaks to me as a oh, queer person yeah. with the yeah. replicants yeah um and and people thinking so little of of queer people you know and again I know that that was a long time ago and I know some younger queer people maybe don't have it living with them all the time but like i've never been able to shake it i constantly yeah i live with it you know yeah. i i grew up with watching it on tv i grew up when i first came out and i was 18 and moved out for the first time i met a lot of people who had had aids in the late 80s and early 90s and i met way too many people that died like at the very beginning of my coming out so like it just yeah. it's very it's a very real thing and um I I still think about that stuff and how hard it would be to know you're different, accept that you're different, and be fighting so hard to be treated the same as everything. And people think so little of you. They will use you for whatever they need to. But then, like, well, you don't deserve to live more than four years. You're not us. Mm -hmm. And then, like, and honestly, and honestly, really, what's the difference? What's the difference between creating a human through sex or creating a human through (laughs) the things like outside when like machine learning got that far Mm -hmm. that like they're developing things and then you know there's more to these stories that go on that i can't wait for people to see but like like it's it's it really it really does make you wonder what does it mean to be a human being
1: yeah and and i i completely see how the life expectancy thing comes into play and also similarly to like what i imagine the aids crisis to be to have lived through or lived through parts of it but also like there's a certain like there's like still homophobia so there's a common denominator in what i'm talking about and part where i still relate to it but it's this mm-hmm. idea that like it there's a little bit of like a spiritual crisis that i think the replicants go through that it feels queer in this way where they're like all they're like asking their maker like for answers and like why things are the way they are and why they're being killed off and there's Mm -hmm. a certain like spiritual crisis of faith and like religion and spirituality that queer people i'm sure went through during the aids crisis in this way um and also Mm -hmm. even like speaking to my week last week there are times where i'm like why can't i not just like make something why does that have to be this huge deal that causes people to like wish I was dead. I mean, that's like, so there's like still this like, you know, whether it's a crisis in faith in a spiritual way or a crisis in faith in humanity itself. But like, I just think that's a really queer part too, where he's just like asking his maker, why is it like this? Do you know what I mean, why yeah. am I, I like totally this? See, why why did am I you like, this? like this? Right. And why, and why are we being killed off and why? And that's where I really see the AIDS crisis stuff come. And one thing i really just wanted to add on to that you kind of like hinted at as well is like this, like, again, that dark primal urge that we see from Roy in like this, that is so specific to queerness i mean i can't even i cannot overemphasize that like this this like primal desire and want to be like everyone else and to be sort of like on an equal playing field but also having such like a twisted disdain for like hetero the hetero world do you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah it's like wanting to fit in but hating the world that you want to fit into so yes. there's like such a dis- dissonance and anger there and rawness there that is like yes i mean it makes oh. me want to go to the gym because i can't go anywhere else to let out that kind of feeling Chase, do you know what I mean well
2: i can only imagine after last week that's probably exactly how you felt oh, too. like
1: i'm sweating literally just talking about it my blood is yeah. like on fire. i mean so it's just one of those things where yeah that's that's i think one of the biggest reasons why i related to roy and why i really loved the end of this movie because it was like so unapologetic in yes. what in the messiness of that in the like in the just raw seeing red type of anger like it's so yes. animalistic and that's why i love him howling that's why i love oh uh, yes. all of it oh like, my gosh the shots oh, of yeah good. the
0: like, the way he shot like acting like an animal yes literally oh my god it's
1: because it's oh so good he did i think
2: he did turn into an animal at that point but not a replicant animal a very real one because that's what rage can do to all of us yeah as pink said earlier up here uh roy batty is so dramatic he's the Mall of blade runner and in a lot of ways yes yes, he's determined (laughs) to fail over and over and over and um in that failure and that struggle it's kind of heartbreaking and Mm -hmm. you know like that's what Makes Maul such a wonderful character. we all know Maul is bad, we all know he's bad, like he has had plenty of opportunity to make better choices and continues to fall.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But like you empathize with him for just not understanding why he's failing so hard and why right. he was literally just a tool for the Emperor and no one ever cared about him, yeah. you know. And then we meet the Night Sister. Oh, anyways, we this is not a Star Wars podcast episode, <laughs> but um. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think Roy, and I, you know, honestly, how amazing is this film that it did not end on like the big action scene? Like, it was not the big blowout fight and Roy dies. It ends on the release of a dove and that yeah. little yeah. soliloquy. Like, how beautiful is that? Like, a lesser movie would not have chosen to do that. Like it would have, it would have ended on like the hero saved the day. Not like, oh my God, we were rooting for the wrong people this whole time. Yeah. And I was just cheering that he got killed. And now, oh, oh. and I, I just love, I love challenging storytelling and I love a story. And I, for me, sci-fi, gives it to me the most because sci-fi mm. can do something like that where I'm like, well, of course they're bad. They're robots, the robots, the robots, of course, of course, of course. And then I find out, Oh, but maybe they're, what they're is more. a robot? Yeah. yeah what is a robot? What more. is a human? And it can like, yeah. I yeah. just, I love sci-fi for that. I think it's, it's
0: yeah. It's very sort why. of like ghost in the shell is like, is you <sighs> your body or is you the consciousness that imbues oh, your body? That's
2: another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. one. And <laughs> yeah.
0: And, like, well, the thing that I loved about the final scene with Roy. I mean, there's so much. I mean, like I've said, like, it contains the entire thesis of the movie. And and the release of the dove. Like, that is his soul. Like, mm-hmm. this is really Scott mm-hmm. telling us that this artificial being achieved having a soul and being yeah. soul And and Decker and lost his at that moment. Yeah. And Um. also but also even just the line like tears and rain like I know everybody talks about it no that line
1: is so good
0: okay and the interesting the interesting thing that Mm. I love about it was that it tied back to all of the thoughts that I was having about the sort of like Frankenstein creation story because tears are made by people and rain is made by nature and it's this synthesis of the things that people make the things that come from humans Mm. and the things that come from creation and the natural Mm. world Mm -hmm. coming together Mm -hmm. in oneness in a way that they that they exist as we live our lives like in the world around us
2: and i'm back emma chase thank you usual for that fantastic conversation. I adore the two of you, as you know. Um it was so great. It was so wonderful. I love this movie. And having that conversation, which honestly may be the first time I've ever had this in-depth of a conversation about this flick, because it's usually just me, myself, and I watching it alone. Um, it was great. It was great. Steam Queens, thank you for hanging out with us in the Steam Room. And again, thank you for giving us the space to talk outside. Of outer space. Even though on Runner still kind of exists in outer space. as There's interplanetary travel. So, like most of the things I enjoy, it has to do with outer space. Anyway, anyhow, anywho, do. thank you for letting us do that. It was a really, really wonderful time. And if you enjoyed us talking something other than Star Wars, let me know. Maybe we can explore some other films. We may have some things for May tricks mondays not mondays matrix may May matrix just a little hint that something we've been kicking around we've been plugging ourselves into that idea (laughs) chase has never seen anything that may sound like that so they have no idea what we're talking about but if you're interested in maybe a matrix month on Let's Kiki, let me know. Shoot me an email. Follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at Serving Pink Milk and let me know no if you enjoyed what we do here you continue to enjoy what we do here and you want to help support the show there are some linky links down below for patreon and uh we are up to 30 patrons now so brian will thank you for being the two newest additions into the private steam room we appreciate you and uh $5 a month from you goes a very long way for me and the rest of the crew. So do that if you are so inclined. If you want to help the show without spending any money, head on over to Apple iTunes and leave us a review. It's been a hot minute. We're at 89. You know what I really love? I would love 100, just a solid 100. So if you haven't left us a written review yet on Apple iTunes, please take just a couple of minutes and do so it would be really really great and it really does help get the show in new ears and with the mandalorian coming out we know a lot of ears and eyes are going to be on star wars and if i do say so myself we have some fantastic mandalorian conversations so a little review now will help that little apple algorithm pop us up on other people who are out there searching for star wars when the mandalorian comes out so Thank you in advance for that. And until next time, my friends, I adore you. You know that. And I will see you later this week. All right? Let's drink up. Bye-bye, baby.